This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A, a, a grain of rice, a, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping bite of Munster. Welcome again, everybody, to the GAA Championship Podcast, now sponsored by Renault, the official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Renault are also the title sponsors of Renault GAA World Games 2019, taking place in Waterford from the 28th of July to, the August, to August 1st, and the finals in Croke Park on August 2nd, with about 1,300 players from 10 regions all around the globe coming home to play on Irish soil. You've no excuse, really, not to make it down. You can find out more on the Renault.ie forward slash GAA, where you'll also get access to some special offers and exclusive deals to GAA members, so check it out now. Uh, joined in studio by Oshin and Paddy, Paddy Kelly, obviously. Uh, and we've got, we've, got a couple of, uh, we've got a couple of big games, obviously, to get through this weekend. Something that was really... Football was, was good. We enjoyed it. It was some good quality stuff. Uh, thanks for coming, lads. How are you feeling? Well, feeling good, yeah. Enjoyed Killarney. Yeah, first big yeah. one there. Not the first, first no. big game there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple of big ones there. but uh, yeah. yeah, that was the first big game there. It was brilliant atmosphere and a uh, real sense of occasion about it. Even though it wasn't do or die, like I, was, I just really enjoyed it. I just really enjoyed some of the football Kerry played, to be honest. Yeah. You know? I know, um, like, the thing about it was that every time they got the ball, they thought, can I get this to the full forward line? And I thought Gini and uh, Gini and Clifford were very, very good. Uh, the diagonal ball all the time really, really worked for them. Um, I'm just not sure who the third member of that party is going to be. Uh, of the carry forwards? Yeah. <clears throat> I just think that they seem to be playing that wee triangle up front and... O'Donoghue was at the head of it for for a lot of the time. It's just not really happening for him. And I think the harder the lad tries, the harder it seems to be getting for him. And uh, he he had that one opportunity, I suppose, to, to bag one. And I think if he had a, it would have brought him on a ton, actually. Yeah. You know, so I suppose that was the one thing that I was thinking is who is who is that one extra that they can come in there and give them a wee bit more up front. Because if they could get that, that might be a formula to... To, to carry kicking on even more, and and I suppose that performance did it. Like, did you expect did you expect Kerry to, to deal with them as handily as that? Because I don't think like last week when we were speaking about it, I don't think anybody kind of saw you know that that performance from Kerry or, or maybe as as poor as Mayo were on the day. 
Yeah, no, I did expect it because I expected Mayo to give Kerry opportunities. And when you have uh, likes the forwards they have, when you have the direct running of Stephen O'Brien, so the question mark for me coming into the game was simple, and that was, you know, could Kerry improve keeper defensively as a whole and uh, in the middle of the field? And we talked about it the last time I was down. Uh, midfield was going to be a problem. Uh, very good in midfield yesterday. Squeezed the kickouts big time, but I just thought defensively, there's it's not as if they played a system, you know, no particular system. So if you're not playing a particular system, you have to improve as an individual, yeah. or you have to change personnel. Uh, Crowley come in, I thought did well. Shane Enright, I thought was was very very good in a sort of workman like, just I'm a defender. Yeah. Point of view, he and read I, I'm it, he just read it well, and he yeah. Off a couple of passes, yeah. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do that. And we talked again the last day about you just needing a couple of stoppers, dogs, whatever way you want to call them in defence. And he sort of fits that bill for me. Uh, played centre half uh, back. He picked up um, McLaughlin. Yeah, he picked up McLaughlin for most of it. Um, and then like I, even though Darren Cohen scored three points, not Foley had a, had a good yeah. game. He won a lot of the races to the ball. But Jesus, like. Uh, the, also the keeper just to mention him as well I thought he looked a lot more assured yesterday uh, kickouts were good um, but Jesus like it's amazing the comparison the thing I would compare yesterday was the runs of the Kerry forward line to the runs of the Mayo forward line now I understand that Cohen James Carr in particular is very probably James Carr probably of all the Mayo forwards probably the most inexperienced but every single run was straight. Mm. So even if he did win the ball, he's turning on an axis at 50 yards from goals. You know, even Andy, when Andy Moran come on, changed things a little bit because his runs were there and there and, oh, sorry, across the lane and diagonal. And it just gave them an opportunity to get the ball further in and sort of looked as if they could have done a bit of damage that way. But so, like, Mayo up front... Like we're re- well, for me, we're really, really poor. But defensively, Kerry have improved. If the Kerry's going to win in all air, I'm going to put it up to the Dubs. Keeper, defence, midfield are the things that have to improve because I think they'll always uh, do enough up front. And absolutely, and I suppose like we're we're left wondering after the game, Paddy. Like, is it is does is it after saying more about Kerry or Mayo, given you know how dominant Kerry were from start to finish, really? Yeah, I think you're, you're going to get a bit of that flip-flopping over the next couple of weeks. I mean, three weeks ago, Kerry were kind of being written off a small bit after poor performance against Cork. Mayo last week were being talked up after a couple of good wins. No, it, it's the other way around. So that group's going to be very, very interesting. Um, like, looking back to the Munster final, I was shocked at the time that Kerry conceded the kickouts to Cork. Mm-hmm. Like, they gave Cork, who were under savage pressure coming into it, they gave him an invitation to come at them and run at Kerry. Um, you saw, yes, the difference they did when they squeezed up on Mayo's kickout. Um, so that was that was kind of interesting looking back as to why they did in the first place. Yesterday they really squeezed the life out of uh, Mayo's kickouts, uh, put them under savage pressure. Obviously, Moran was 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 lifting in midfield. There was a lot of rustiness, I'd say, three weeks ago against Cork. There, a lot of lads looked as though they hadn't much football played. They were a lot sharper. Um, Kerry looked very very good. Um, as O'Shean said, looked at bigger tests to come now. Saturday or Sunday against Donegal will be huge. Um, but Kerry looked very, very good. They looked sharp. Um, but again, Donegal, the weekend, they could they could come a cropper there and all of a sudden you're doubting them again. So it's just going to be very, very interesting to see what way that group pans out. And like you mentioned, 
or bullying or physical. Last time we spoke about Mayo, it was it was about the physicality of the game, and and like it's interesting. Like the, the physicality, I think, is all about your mindset as opposed to, you know, the size of your arms or your shoulders. And and Kerry approached the game yesterday with with the kind of a mindset that we were not going to be bullied in our home pitch, and and like it was so fascinating. Like I'm not sure if you even made it in on time because you were stuck in traffic, but. Like right before throw it, you know the yeah, the, no. the one where they're banging Dave Moore and Aidan O'Shea, and like Aidan O'Shea is around the place after, and he's on his tippy toes, and he's like some kind of a McGregor, you know, a prize fighter kind of throwing shapes, and like Moore just had a look in his face, like that was kind of going, like have you not seen my work? Like are you are you trying to do this to me? Like you need to Google me or something because, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm David Moore and I got some, you know, I can I can play and. He just, he carried that into the game. And I thought he was, like, he stepped up. Like, Kerry have, have lacked leaders, like, in, in recent past. And, Jesus, he was a leader. And Stephen O'Brien and Clifford and Jason Foley, as young as he was, Morley was a leader. Like, Kerry had leadership in spades yesterday where, where they've lacked that, I, I think, in, in, in recent times, you know? Yeah, because a lot, of, a lot of what went on yesterday, you know, considering the start, you know, there was a lot of powder puff stuff after that, you know? Yeah. Because I think... I count, I think it was one yellow card. Maybe the maybe the, it finished up with two. That's very unlike a, a modern day championship match. Mm-hmm. And then again, just to make the point that it's it's not do or day, but you you know you're 100 percent right about Morn. But Morn needed that game. You know <clears throat> he needed that game big time. But when he stepped inside and kicked the ball over the bar, that's David Morn. And yeah. as you say, you can get uh, aggression and you can get. Uh, I'm off for the game in so many ways, but one of the ways I, I thought David Moore and yesterday was that everything was was go forward stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing. He's not. He wasn't prepared to take this that easy option. I, like when I compare, just to switch on to Stephen O'Brien, but when I compare Stephen O'Brien, Stephen O'Brien and Colin Conor Callahan are cut from the same cloth. Okay, so as soon as they get the ball, black spot. How do I get to the black spot, mm-hmm. and how can I get there quickly, and Jesus, when you're marking somebody who that's the first thing and only thing in the mind. Nightmare. I know we'll get turned over now and again, but still, it's it's amazing what that brings. And I thought David Moore had a bit about that about him yesterday was that you know everything I do is I'm going forward, and there was nothing about taking the easy option because it would have been very easy for David Moore to take the easy option considering the fact that he hasn't been playing. I don't think he's been playing great, and he hasn't been playing with a huge amount of confidence either. So yesterday will bring him on a ton. Yeah, and he's been injured, obviously, for, you know, he's missed most of the year. He got married kind of last November or whatever it was. That explains a lot. That explains it all. And, and, you know, honeymoon, he he actually injured, he actually re-injured his knee doing the runs with the substitutes after one of the league games. How much of a sickener is that? And and he missed a lot of it. But, like, you could see him him coming yesterday, obviously. And you mentioned Stephen O'Brien. I thought... I thought you could really see the progression in him uh, with the goal that he got, Paddy. Like he, like the movement that he had. He came out, little spin move, dropped his shoulder, the ball was popped in front of him, carried it long enough so that he attracted defender and goalkeeper before slipping across for Gainey for the tap in. And it kind of, I think it just shows how much his game has evolved from from where he was was running down blind alleys, constantly getting turnovers. Whereas now he's actually seeing a pass and and he's got a bit of vision about him, you know. Yeah, I remember the time it was Shane O'Shea was picking up for the for the goal and he, he spun him beautifully like Beautiful. and it kind of signified the, the legginess of Mayo. Now I appreciate Shane O'Shea wasn't playing much lately yeah. and he's in just back, but um that kind of epitomised where Mayo were at. They just looked they looked kind of 
lifeless a bit. Their tactics were fairly basic, as Oshin mentioned, the forwards movement was poor the kick passing the basics the lads in the Sunday game point out last night like it was just some of the basic stuff they did was was, was criminal maybe mental fatigue um, but again I wouldn't write them off I mean this Mayo team have, have you know faltered in the past and have come back they've Mead above in, in Crow Park now at the weekend win that and you've got Danny Gall to come to Castlebar um, and you know you win that it could go down to score difference I wouldn't write them off yet um, they were obviously very very poor yesterday Killarney is an unbelievably difficult place to go. Like, I mean, granted, there was a poor showing. They, they, they would expect it to be closer, but Kerry Evan Lassens, was it 95, is it? Years, I know that's yeah. that's majority of the time again, Cork and Munster opposition. Like, but, um, you still, know. It's still a serious record in Championship football, really, you know. And, uh, it was just I, the whole day, though, like, you, you know, the, the, the temperature of the place, the crowd, it was a sellout. It was, it was just it, like when Park Duffy was dreaming this up and Fitzmaurice mentioned this last week, like this must yeah, have been his, his fantasy like of, of, of what was happening in, in Killarney obviously last, uh, last Sunday, you know? But the reverse of the, of the, the tradition and the Kerry uh, record in Killarney is that Mayo hadn't been beaten there in 10 years, yes. since 09 or something, yeah. you know? So like they, they would have come down there, I would have thought, with a lot of confidence and people talk about momentum they had all the momentum going into the game like uh, I just fancied Kerry because I haven't seen Mayo play I knew they wouldn't make it difficult for the forward lane do you know I knew the forward lane would get an opportunity to play and I think the, the Kerry forward lane going into the game they're not playing Tyrone they're not playing Donegal they're not going to be operating in small pockets of space. They had the opportunity to go and express themselves. They knew that going into the game, and this was their opportunity to show what they were all about. They will find it more difficult, especially that first-time ball, and like Donegal won't let that happen. You know? But there'll be more... The, but the, the, You can keep talking about the Mayo defence, and and Harrison stayed on Clifford yesterday for yeah. 78 minutes or whatever. Surely... Like even just switch Barrett across and see yeah. does it and it you know can that make any sort of difference whatsoever? But uh, I just think on yesterday, I don't really think it mattered because like the war zone between the two forty fives was not a war zone; it was a picnic zone, yeah. you know. And that's uh, that's Mayo's biggest downfall was that between the two fifties they had no energy whatsoever. And that is normally their their greatest strength, yeah. obviously. Paddy, I suppose like. One of the one of the big things in the game, as an aside, I suppose, was Killian O'Connor, you know, becoming the all-time leader in in championship scores, a top scorer in championship history, and like there was, you know, there's a certain irony to the fact that it was kind of across the road where for you know from where Gooch grew up and 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 played all his ball with Doctor Crooks, but like where where are you with Killian O'Connor and and like you know he's 27 years of age, 52 championship games, and you know the, the massive scores that he's after after bringing in. Where where are you with Killian O'Connor's record or, or you know this idea of you know maybe May or still lacking a marquee forward or whatever it is? I mean, if you've got the all-time leading scorer in championship history, you can't be peddling that line. No, I think it's unfair, and I mean, some people have peddled out the idea that he hasn't won All Ireland to, to that he can't be put up with the greats. No, I think you know in terms of natural talent, I don't think he's up there with the likes of the Gooch or, or that kind of category of players. But phenomenal, phenomenal player for the last ten years. Um, it's certainly not his fault that, that Mayo haven't got over the line I mean he's dragged them through so many games he's just an unbelievably clinical finisher um, he's a leader on that team right from when he came in as a young fellow like his, his attitude was he was kind of snarling and he was aggressive and he was you know got to the pitch of things very very quickly um, just 
like I suppose it's an anticlimax for him to do it below there now and, and in such a hammering but uh, I'm sure when he looks back and he's still only what 27 yeah. still a long way to go I think anyone who doubts his, his, his quality uh, you know is probably being a bit bit harsh on him but I think there's a few players in that Mayo camp who are kind of uh, lightning rods for a kind of criticism um, phenomenal talent like you forget Mayo are missing missing a few more players like Dermot O'Connor Ryan those fellas like they have a lot of games a lot of miles on clock even in recent weeks so um, you know from Mayo point of view I think th- of all teams they- they'll be able to cope with that defeat you know Horn's experienced manager they have a lot of experienced players you know I wouldn't be surprised if they come back and, and eat- meet up next Sunday um, they'll be able to write that game off as just just a poor game they have two more chances to, to rescue their season yeah I-, I-, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it I wouldn't write them Jeez, you couldn't write them off because we're sick of writing them off and they keep bouncing back like a basketball so they're always there where, where are you I- I'd be interested to just had the Killian O'Connor one where- what- what's your take on, on him and-, and-, and his legacy I suppose yeah before? no I've, I've always, I've always like, like Killian O'Connor. Um, I think yesterday he could have been more, even more efficient than he was. Missed a couple of free kicks, missed a couple of opportunities from play. Obviously the goal chance, the crossbar. Uh, so I think he, he probably isn't that his most efficient. But again, he's a player who's only back a couple of weeks. Uh, he'll improve for that. But uh, I've always liked Killian O'Connor. I think he's, he's very, very on the re- uh, on the rest of uh, a couple of years ago, they, when they played all night, like, like I'm not going to even attempt to know what year it is because all them finals roll into one another for for me. But uh, the day that himself and and Dean Rock had a kick off in okay. in 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 Crow Park, uh, 19 free kicks between them, and and Killian O'Connor missed one, and people come out of the ground criticizing criticizing them, and like like as a as a free take on myself, like. Just to have that amount of consistency and that sort of accuracy is is phenomenal on a day like that with the pressure on, and uh, he's done it under pressure, and he he's much more than just free taker, you know. And I tell you another thing that he's added to his game, and it's not going to get him into record books, but he's one of the hardest working uh, corner forwards that you're going to come across as far as uh, his tackling and how aggressive he is with defenders when they're coming out with the ball. So. Yeah, he he's he is the he's he's a very much a complete player. Paddy's right in that you know, a lot of people will think he's not as silky as, as as others, but he's got a lot going on. He's got two good feet and he's uh I am genuinely and I said this yesterday, I think people might laugh at me, but I genuinely think he could double up on what he's scored already, like you know what I mean? He's think he's he could double he, it. Well, he could get very, very close to it. I mean yeah. he's a player who even though he's 27, probably has another, for me, seven, eight years, he's going to get some opportunities. If things don't change, if the powers that be don't change things, he's going to be, he's going to be, have the opportunity to play in a couple of games where he's going to get his 2-8 or 2-9, you know, so he probably could go very close to that, which, when you think about it, is crazy numbers. It's outrageous, phenomenal. yeah. Yeah, that's outrageous. But And, and like, if he plays on as long as Andy Moore is playing, he's going <coughs> to he's gonna have that kind of it's longevity and the chance yeah. to, to go do that, I suppose. Um, I will, we'll, you know, we can we can come back to the Kerry stuff, but I, I, I think in general, the game, while it wasn't a hugely competitive game from, from you know, because Mayo never really showed up in the game, but it was, geez, it was enjoyable to watch the way they was, played ball, wasn't it? It was, yeah, the first... I I have to say the first 20, 25 minutes of the game just absolutely flew by for me. I was just really enjoying. It. I was, sounds sad, but I, I really enjoyed the movement of of really good forwards. Kerry have it. A couple of the dubs boys obviously have it. Bernard Brogan had it in his pomp. 
Cahill McShane has it. Cahill McShane's movement still for me is right up there with the two boys yesterday, uh, with Gini and, and Clifford. Uh, but just the movement and that is just it's, it is a joy to watch when, when football is played like that. Now to counteract that, they're not gonna be they're not gonna be allowed to do that. You know, yeah. a lot of other teams aren't gonna allow them to put that ball in. But still, I just thought Kerry showed yesterday that they they can mix it up a wee bit. You know, they can make those runs. Uh, Crowley made a couple of runs. White made a couple of runs. Stephen O'Brien, obviously, you know, get a little bit from Spillane as well. So they know now that they can mix it up. There was one... James O'Donoghue come out the field, had one ball, and I thought, now's the opportunity to run it. And he just he kicked it anyway. And uh, and I just thought... That that was one example of that's yeah. when you got to know because you're gonna have there's gonna that's a snippet of what they're gonna experience over the next couple of weeks and that's when they need to make the right decision in that in that area around the uh, from the middle of the field on but no it was it was some of it was lovely to watch like. yeah and, and and the the movement allowed the kick passing obviously and and like we spoke about David Moore and and all of their kick passing it was just it was just lovely and controlled and and fluid the fluency they moved the ball from back to front because every every first touch was we want to look forward and and, and move the ball on and you know from from that point of view it was it was obviously very pleasing in the eye while while the level of competition maybe will will go up in the next couple of weeks the, uh, the, the big thing for me with this group is I don't see Mayo beat me and bring that down to, to Castlebar for, for a head-to-head with, with them and Donegal because uh, it, that's what the Super 8s, you're talking about visions of Super 8s, that's what the Super 8s all about. Mm. You know, something really, really uh, riding on the game and in Castlebar with Donegal's fans and Mayo's fans. Yeah. You know, that's something to look forward to too. Yeah, or get the ticket. Um, Paddy, from, from switching lanes, I suppose, to, to that Cork at Dublin game. It's funny, on, on, on Sunday morning, we were just talking about it outside, like in, in the most Jim Gavin-esque possible way of dropping a bombshell. Like, you know, it was funny. It was like, I, I was just, you know, again, he was going out to the shops and kind of going, would you pick me up some bread and cheese and milk? And, oh, by the way, Dimmer Connolly is back playing football with Dublin, by the way, you know. Sorry about the whole transfer to Boston didn't work out for you, Dermot, but uh, it's great to have you back. What did you? I, I will get to the game after. But what did? You, what was your take on, on the Jim Gavin esque bombshell? Yeah, it, it couldn't have been more Jim Gavin. Just, just very low key. Uh, very, very interesting. I, I thought his days were done under Jim Gavin this summer, especially. I mean, he was heading to Boston, but for visa issues. Um, just very, very interesting to see that Connolly's up for going back. Like we're mid July now. Uh, he's tr- it's two more games, Super Eights, and then on to the semi-finals. Uh, just the dynamic of him coming back in he's obviously a big player a very popular player amongst the group by all accounts um, but just him coming back into the group like you look at Bernard Brogan can't even make the 26 does Connolly does he get parachute straight in and again I don't know was he training this week or is he just going to start you know choose the night these things we don't know um, was he training much with Vincent's I mean the, obviously the difference at club and county level is huge but I mean it'll just be interesting to see will he come in if he doesn't get picked you know, if he doesn't get picked for the 26th for the first day, is he happy to, to last mm. the course? If he's on the bench, I mean, there's there's a few, you probably look at a few places, the half-hour line is, is stacked. I mean, Scully and, and Howard yep. do his job every bit as, as good as he used to do it. They probably don't have the class maybe going forward uh, as he has. Midfield is somewhere where he could come into play. Um, you know, Fenton's obviously the, the Rolls-Royce of a player there, but Macaulay next to him, if, if McCarthy is needed back the pitch, Connolly could be the option to come in there 
um, it's just like you yeah, think it's sickening. It's sickening, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Like you think they're not. I, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. like like things weren't bad enough already, and and Jim goes and drops his shopping list with Dermot Connolly coming back in. I mean, it was it was. It's not like it's not like the like from the outside you wouldn't think. Jim Gavin needs to bring him back in here because <clears throat> they've got guys that are doing the job like you're like you're talking about. But like, is it is it nearly? And we don't know the intricacies of what's gone on, obviously. But is it nearly an admission of maybe my bench isn't being as impactful as I think it might need to be further down the line, and I need to get him back into the mix? I think Jim Gavin could possibly be proving an even bigger point that he's going to bring Dean McConley in and Dean McConley might not see any sort of game time whatsoever. <laughs> and that's, I think that's, that's quite possible. Um, is it though? Is it, surely Connolly wouldn't agree to come back into the mix unless there was some assurances. You don't think so? The, I don't think, the, with Jim Gavin, I don't think there's any assurances. Deadpan, uh, giving nothing away in interviews, as you say, you know, you could put a, I can picture you know the local club putting up on the forum. We're having a we're having a forum night to discuss the the, the upcoming championship, and we're having uh, two of the senior players, and we're bringing in Brendan Devaney and and Kevin Cassidy and uh, Lionel Messi and uh, Oshu McConville or whatever. Like that's the sort of that's a how, like don't tell me Jim Gavin doesn't get how important a story this is, regardless yeah. of. <laughs> You know whether he comes in and plays. Like, don't tell me Jim Gavin doesn't get that. But that's that for me is Jim Gavin down to a T. And don't be surprised. That my own take on it is, and maybe I have too much time on my hands to think about this, but my own take on it is that I think Jim uh, Gavin will bring Damo Connolly in, and Damo Connolly will see no game time Jeez. with with the opportunity to perhaps be part of this. If he sticks in there and he keeps ahead with a with a view to being part of next year's six in a row. <laughs> it's just it gives another fascinating kind of oh, dimension yeah. to the whole thing because we will be wondering like first of all does he make it 26 and then after that does he go and and and, and get some time and it's just going to be another fascinating twist to the next the next four or five years like you, you can't see him being part of the squad next week you can't see him being in 20 i can't see him being in the 26 next week there may be an opportunity down the lane to get him into the 26 over the next couple of weeks because not only does that keep <clears throat> Does that keep him interested, but also keeps the opposition guessing too, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, from a football perspective, I think Connolly is, is an absolute class act. Like, he's just such, like you talked about Silky earlier, the guy has got such an array, array of abilities and, and can manipulate the ball so well off both feet and everything. He's just everything you could possibly want a footballer. So from a football perspective, it's great to see the guy back. From everybody trying to close the gap on, on Dublin, it's not what you want to see for the interest of the of the championship, obviously. With that game yesterday, Paddy, you know, Cork were, you know, it was it was tough enough in the last ten minutes, obviously, and it was thankful that Connolly wasn't around to, to add more misery to it. But I mean, they they obviously put up a good show. Yeah, Cork were, were very decent. Um it's a strange when you lose by thirteen points and you're still yeah. fairly positive, but that's just the reality of where Dublin are at and where yeah. Cork are coming from. Um Cork were very, very good right from the off. They kicked the first four points. Um, they went man to man. They squeezed up, and like with that, if there's one slip, uh, they're they're in, and and that showed a few times. The Dubs could easily have racked up a couple of goals before the late onslaught. Uh, Conor Callaghan blasted over. Mannion hit the kind of the, the upright, 
and the second half things could have gone a bit earlier but Cork to their credit showed, showed massive heart Started the third quarter like I thought the dubs would come out and, and blitz Cork, but it was the other way around. Cork, Cork held in, and they were they were four points down with ten minutes to go. Mark Collins had a chance to 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 put it to three, missed the free, and and the dubs kind of just then got the next goal and just the last ten minutes. You can kind of write it off from a Cork point of view because I mean they haven't played at that level in that intensity uh, for a long long time. So it was it was very very encouraging. Um, just every, everything was pretty good like the, the backs you felt sorry for the backs because to a man like Flav, Lockery they were going man to man on Mannion and Conor Callan and these lads and as well as you'll do for 50-60 for minutes like how tiring that is in the body and the mind and, and they, they, they punched holes the dubs punched holes but Cork can be very very proud of their efforts a lot of things they did very very well uh, there's certainly lessons to be learned but um, it's very encouraging I mean if you rewind the clock back three months four months at the end of the, the league we were, we were it was doom and gloom now all of a sudden we're saying we're not out of our depth here maybe you know a bit of development over the winter um, so look all very positive we're, we're going to face Tyrone up there again on Saturday a completely different kettle of fish um, just from watching the highlights on the game they'll just a totally different proposition yesterday's or Saturday's game was a lovely game a lot of kick passing a lot of open play one-on-ones a lot of scores but uh, just, just very positive from Cork yeah, and like if you finish the game after sixty minutes, like like Cork are, are are really taking massive credit out of the game, and while they still get a you know a great deal of credit, it just shows I suppose where Dublin are like in terms of the depth that they can call upon already before the addition of Connolly, and how how just their fitness and their conditioning and their they're just that last 10 minutes is when they go and they've done it to Mayo they've done it to Kerry they've been so good in that final quarter of games that when you are there with them and you stick with them so long they still have that extra gear that they just go and, and, and kill you ruthlessly in those last couple of minutes you know yeah and interestingly they had only used one sub I think by the time kind of 60-61 minutes came which I thought was a bit bit slow um, going back to Connolly maybe the bench isn't as, as trusted mm. now there's a couple of lads like Johnny Cooper and um, McCarthy who came on now who are coming back from injuries but uh, just everything about them like you know you talk about for, forward units they're, you think there's workhorses there Scully and Howard are workhorses but they're class footballers yeah. Howard was coming back to pitch and he was jinking taking on a man and creating that, that initial overlap at one stage Cork, Cork pinned Dublin and they forced him back out about 50-60 yards to midfield and thought this was great I think it was Scully made one little break and, and Fenton the, the, the run was made Fenton was true popped it over the bar it's just so hard to see how you beat them you know, we've all seen the blanket defence tried against them, and they're they're so they're so patient now, and they're so kind of adept at, at dealing with that. The man-to-man stuff for Cork worked. I mean, they they put them on the back foot right from the off. Kevin Driscoll ran, kicked the score. Roy Dean the same. Kerrigan was being picked up by Keen Sullivan. He was kind of floating and, and finding pockets of space for scores. There was there was chinks of light there for other teams to say how you how you go at the dubs, but. Uh, they're just phenomenal. Like the, the forward line there of Mannion, Costello, um, like Rock came in, um, Conor Callan, Kilkenny, like they're just lethal off both feet. Um, they just work the score, their, their, their efficiency in front of goal. There's no reckless, crazy shots. I'd say the first shot I saw that was doubtful was Philly McMahon in the 75th or 6th minute or something like that. All the rest of them were just around the deep, popping it over. Um, so just they're frightening to see. Um, you know they'll 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 take Ross Conley to imagine at home on or sorry in the neutral game on Saturday and they'll so go up to I was I was yeah, fishing okay. there yeah. uh, and, and then go, and then go to Oma for the last game and you know you're not too sure whether topping the group and being second it, you know does it make a difference given what will come up from the other group uh, between Kerry Donegal and Mayo so look Dubs look streets ahead of everyone else and they look just class.
streets ahead, O'Shane. Yeah, no, they're, they're different gravy and, and, and not even playing at a... I don't think at their optimum just yet. I think they'll think they are, in a lot of ways, find their feet. Um, I still think there's an, there is an opportunity for Dean Rock. I think, uh, you know, Costello, he's, he's done okay, but he, he just... He probably hasn't just hit the heights yet, and that has given a chink of light to Dean Rock. And you know what? Dean Rock, has, for me, has changed dramatically in the last 12 months. And, you know, again, man management in that, you know, he's got a real kick up the arse in the last couple of weeks, uh, maybe in the last couple of months, actually, because he hasn't seen a lot of game time. You know, he's come off the bench, but he's come off the bench. He's looked, he's looked phenomenal. He's razor sharp. And no, it's free what, what taking. You say he's changed a lot in the last twelve months. So what, what well, I think he's a lot more. I think since he's come in over the last couple of weeks, he's looked a lot more aggressive, and he looks like a player who's playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder now. Right. And you know, I don't. As I say, it hasn't. <laughs> sounds strange, but hasn't really worked out for for Colm Costello. I don't think. Uh, I think one of the things about going back to the free taking is one of the sometimes free taking can take a little bit from certain people's games. Other people, it gets them into the game and uh, and they kick on to take confidence from that. Dean Rock is one of those players, I think, that you know f- he sees free kicks very much as uh, an important facet of his game, but he's tried to improve that. And I think he realises now how much he needs to improve that. And uh, and Jim Gavin leaving him on the bench has given him the opportunity to do that. And as I say, just, just play him with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I think that is, that's, you know... That's another layer that that Dublin can add to it because, you know, him playing well in there and nailing every single free kick, uh, again, just brings them on to an even different level. And Castello probably wasn't wasn't as reliable as he would have liked to have been yesterday. And Rock was on after forty five minutes and, and did well, obviously, with the freeze. Yeah, I think Castello maybe missed three between forty fives and freeze. But to be fair to him, he, he kicked the beauty off his left from play. The goal just before half time, it was him coming in the burst, popped it into uh, McCauley. Um, but again, as Oshie mentioned, like Jim Gavin has the, I suppose, the luxury of, of telling you know Dean Rock sitting the bench there and wait your turn. Same, he could happen with Connolly. He might have to sit his turn. Bernard Brogan's not even getting the twenty six. They're just that far line is unbelievable. There's just I've, as a six, I, I've never seen any any better in terms of the all of a scoring threat. I mean, Scully came in and, and banged in the the third goal. Uh, fantastic player. Kilkenny is more of a worker, but but again he floated around the, near around the D and got a couple of scores. Um, they're just just very impressive. Like Cork conceded the kick out in the first half uh, without without completely conceding. It. They were going zone, but not really uh, pushing up from midfield and the half back. So Dublin kind of sucked back an extra man and, and, and Cluxton just phenomenal accuracy. I'd say he kicked one kick out long in the first half that that Cork won, but second half Cork did a better job in it. Um, I, I know the lads last night in the Sunday game against targeted. You have to target Cluxton's kickouts if you're going to have any chance. Cork in the second half got a bit of joy off it. Um, Kevin O'Driscoll in particular was was outstanding, winning breaking ball, uh, and that kind of that kind of kept the game interesting. Um, Cork. Surprisingly, again, Cork got kicked off easy in the first half. Dublin didn't really squeeze as aggressively as they thought they would. Second half, again, they changed. Both teams seemed to change their, their tact at halftime, but um, and that that led to the the, the third or fourth goal uh, from uh, White's mistake. But um, Dubs 
Dubs are interesting. They're like it's it looks so easy for them. Even when Cork were, were had them rattled, they weren't really rattled. They were they were very very comfortable. Uh, just kept doing the right thing. I know it's boring, but the process and all that. Um, they're just they so they don't get rattled, though, do they? No, it's like it's it's Jim Gavin thing. They just don't get rattled. Yeah, I, I think so the one team can rattle them. <clears throat> oh yeah. Well, at Mayo, I was the only team, and you know, you go back to Cluxton's uh, kickouts a couple of years ago in the final, and. They basically had a meltdown, and that's the only time I've ever seen that happen, and that was Mayo just absolute manicness. That was basically but it. He had a meltdown, but he <coughs> he still lost three kickouts or something in the half, and we're calling that a meltdown. You know what I mean? But out of I, out of twenty something t- kickouts. Yeah, but I think it was the timing of it. Do you know what I mean? It was the timing of it, and and they came three in a row. You know, yeah. so I think that. Yeah, that is a, that's a Stephen Clarkson. It is, but I mean that that tells you the standards <laughs> that we're looking at them. They lose three kickouts out of twenty something, and and we're we're calling it a meltdown. But maybe like, maybe let's go with a meltdown late. <laughs> Many meltdown. Yeah, I mean, look at look at like Fenton. Obviously, as you like, you call him a Rolls Royce. Like Jack McCaffrey. Like what? What is Jack McCaffrey in modern football? If he, if the guy is like a Ferrari, you want to call him a car? I don't know what he is. He's 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 unmarkable. He's a, he's an unmarkable halfback who gives so much to their forwards and makes it so easy because he's running through the heart of their defence, he's sucking defenders towards him and then has the good sense to slip it out to guys like Kilkenny who's tapping ball over the bar for fun. Yeah, for the first goal, like he, he got the ball down the corner and he, he was coming at the Cork player, it was, it was Sean White, and Sean White showed him inside to the crowd and to be fair, Cork half bottled him up, he fell to the ground, he just spun and, and, and snuck it in. The, you know, Cork would be unlucky there because of the right thing, they put him into the yeah. crowd. He was phenomenal in the first half going forward. It just, the speed off, and there was one stage Luke Connolly was chasing him, and just you felt from like he just gassed him. Um, he missed one in the first half as well, but he actually went quiet then for maybe 15, 20 minutes until he sparked in the last last fifteen. He created the the third goal. Uh, he took a fellow on, created the overlap, pops to Conor Callan. Fourth goal or fifth goal, sorry, was to, to Fenton. It was his kick pass, and yeah. he was just phenomenal. He was a standout player. But again, you, you could see you could see him get injured and, and it not rattling the dubs. They just have yeah. you know it's it, and you could say the same about any player. Fenton Fenton to me maybe is the only player they, they couldn't replace. But like Howard caught a few balls yesterday. He's yeah. well able to be in field. You know James McCarthy is, is back fit. They're just so balanced and they don't rely on any one player. You know, you could say it to Kerry if, they, if he lose Clifford under pressure or say that about any team. Yeah. The dubs, I don't, I don't get that feeling about any of their bar, maybe Stephen Cluxton. Um, that's the, the caveat if someone took him yeah, off. Yeah, Cluxton and Fenton, probably, you know, other than that, they can replace anybody. Um, like, Cork did a really good job. You know, we talk, talk about that incident with. with with McCaffrey and uh, McCaffrey has one thing that he needs to keep consistent and that is that decision making mm. and it's making <laughs> it's making that decision when you're going at that pace and that that can't be easy because you're trying to get a picture of what's around him and that's the one facet I think that Jack McCaffrey has improved on uh, last uh, since he's come back is that you know when he is making those runs that nine times out of ten he's making the right decision he's popping it or he's going his own score and uh, again, that that was, that point was proved the other night. But um, you know, you know, I've two questions on Cork. I don't know, it's not my job to ask the questions, but oh, uh, I've I've two two questions on Cork, and I, one of them similar to the last day. Why only now? And the second thing is, have they the nuance when they go to Cork or when they go to Tyrone, faced with a different picture in front of them? Have they got the nuance to change things up enough, or or a bit, or? 
Yeah, well, not not that I have the answers, but like the I suppose why why only now like the the league I suppose in relegation for the league looking back in it like. I, I don't think Cork gave themselves a chance. They after the hidings they got last year, they went defensive in the first three four games and it just was not working. It was, I saw three of them and it was they just didn't it did not suit them. They didn't know how to play the game. Understandably why they went that way after after last year, but so they changed tact and they're they're really they're really pushing on in Cork like Cork teams club teams don't tend to do defensive tactics it's very much traditional you know flat out like let's say the the bars would be the strongest team at the moment it's just it's just all out press that suits Cork I think um, you know the last couple of years obviously have been very hit and miss there's been the odd performance here and there but do they have the nuance to go and play Tyrone in the blanket defence it's a very different proposition this time last year we got absolutely hockeyed by Tyrone in Port Leash it was men against boys like the dubs do get numbers back, but they come back with the ball. They come back and track their men. Tyrone will just will just sit back and say, "Come at us," and that's a completely different proposition. Cork were impressive though in how they held the ball. They like Harley didn't get much yesterday because he wasn't low to Keen Sullivan sat uh, pretty deep. So what Cork did was they they ran at them and they exposed maybe the, the lack of numbers or the, the kind of disjoint element of the Dubs kind of moving on players um, against Tyrone. There'll be very little kickball into Collins and Harley. It'll all be through the hands. Paul Kerrigan got a, a amount of ball kind of looping around the, the 45 just popping giving goals just waiting for an opening um, Cork's efficiency is going to have to be massive um, they're going to have to kick massive massive points from, from distance because Tyrone will force it to kick from difficult angles long distances and those those wides or drop shots deflate you and they'll hit you on the, on the break so look Cork, Cork have a huge it's a huge ass to go up and beat Tyrone up in Crow Park um, but the fact that I'm even thinking it's possible this year from where we came from says a lot now at the same time look all we've beaten is is Limerick and Leash you know uh, granted we're credible farms against the Kerry and the Dubs but um, you know it's it's, it's going to be very difficult I, I give Cork a, a chance because I think they're, there's there's a great buzz a great confidence about the team but just they're, fi- they're facing a completely different animal on Saturday and uh, it's whether they're ready for that kind of level of intensity inside the, the Tyrone uh, blanket and does that answer your question? No, I just think that that's the point. The point for, for me is that they can absolutely go up there and give a good account of themselves. And um, can they win it? They can press. I, I can't in my head. I can't see how they can because I just think that uh, Toronto are the masses just frustrating teams and teams like Cork who are coming off the back of you know positive performances and. This is just this is just such a it's such a game it's such a nice game for Tyrone I think. Uh, I just hope that when Cork do go up there, that one thing they do is is push and press, and if they push and press, they have some semblance of an opportunity. But they, but in order for for Cork to have a chance, they need to, they need to change a little bit, and they need to be a little bit of a mirror image. I know it doesn't suit them, but they need to be a little mirror image at times from set plays of. Uh, of what Tyrone of what Tyrone are and what Tyrone are all about because uh, they just Tyrone just have, have that uh, knack and ability now of just picking teams off. You know, it's picking teams off and it's very contri- a lot of it is contrived. Like if you, apart from McShane, a lot of it is a lot of it is a lot of it set plays. A lot of it is you know from Morgan to uh, to Cavanagh to Donnelly to one more forward to score, you know, to getting a free kick, to setting it down, to 
organization as soon as that free kick is awarded you know what Tyrone's setup's going to be you know so yeah. they just need to push and press a little bit and put them under pressure let Tyrone doubt themselves because Tyrone are, are not are by no means the team that, that, that people think they are and <clears throat> I suppose going up to the hide like people were giving Roscommon a fair shout because Roscommon have have played well and they've been tough and physical and they've played some good football with Cox and these guys but like Tyrone just they, they no well the game was still competitive obviously and, and, and Roscommon gave a very good account of themselves Tyrone just held them at, at arm's length and, and like they scored so much easier than Roscommon were able to do and that's probably you know what you're talking about the way the way they set up defensively is so difficult to find enough space and enough time to actually get your shot off when you're not under savage pressure that you're going to have a chance to put it over the bar but then the way they just get forward and hit McShane and these guys it was you know they were they were rolling obviously above in the height yeah and Patrick you make the, you make the point about uh Efficiency and that and that is you know what I mean you can't afford to give the ball away in that final authority you can't afford to drop the ball short and the efficiency you have to be kicking the ball over the bar but they can, like Cork can get at them with that bit of pace like you know straight down the middle of the defence that's exactly what Donny Gall did you know the template is there for for uh, you know against their own but they have changed and they are a good bit more defensive than they were against Donny Gall but there's certain areas of that template that you can use and one of them is just direct running and at pace yeah I, I don't think Cork have faced this style since maybe or early in the league maybe the likes of Fermanagh um, so like Cork were, were very good against Kerry against Dublin because it, like they play football they don't play football they say you know you take us on we'll take you on with, with Tyrone it's, it's very bas- basketball style it's you know everyone goes back everyone defends everyone drifts forward Cork's style just they're not used to it um, the running game does suit us we have powerful runners the likes of Rory Deeney and Maguire uh, the two boys in the half back line Liam O'Donovan Matty Taylor we do have the, the, the players who can play that game um, it's just whether you know Cork, Cork will play off the cuff they'll try and give ball in and in, in against that system like they'll, they'll just hoover it up uh, Cork can't afford to give impetus to Tyrone and get turned over again they go back 12 months and I don't know how much can change in 12 months with, with two teams but the difference was, was phenomenal up in Port Leash Tyrone were absolutely streets ahead of Cork physically tactically every, every which way now as I said Cork are going well they're, they're in good form good spirits and so they, I, I do give them a fighting chance. They need to go after everything. Morgan's kickouts need to be squeezed up on. Um, now I know that that plays the risk of him going over the top of you, but um, it'll be interesting to do Tyrone squeeze on and Cork's kickouts because the last couple of games, Kerry and Dublin both have given it fairly easy to, to Mark White. So um, look, Cork. There'll be a lot of questions asked of Cork, and again, it, there'll be no shame in Cork losing to Tyrone. And again, not to be, be talking about as if we're a small fish, but for Cork, the Super 8 is all about credit performances and, and build for next year. Get that panel, panel coming back in, in the winter, mad for road, you know, in the gym, solid, realising they have to bulk up, they have to get more athletic. Um, and coming back into the spring, winning Division 3 league, having crack off Munster, and then saying we're good enough for, you know, we've experienced Super 8s from last year. So, look, things are looking very fairly rosy in the guard for Cork. Well, that sounds defeatist. I think we'll rattle Tyrone. Um, whether we'll, we'll have enough to, to get over the line is another question, but uh, certainly a lot, of, a lot of positives for Cork. Did they did they tell you much with that with that win over Roscommon? Did you, like did they you know Niall Sludden obviously looked more of a factor. P.D. Hart, Matty Donnelly, did they show you much? Are they are they going to be a threat? You know, going into that game, you would see, think that Roscommon had a chance, but thrown just. 
did like you know a rootly rootlessly efficient job on them, but they still haven't. Nothing's changed from. They still haven't really proved anything to me from the from the Donegal game. I thought they would get back back on track and get to this stage, but you know there's there is. Uh, I actually think we could be talking about Throne getting to the semi final and not really knowing. And I think Throne, you know, depending on who they meet at semi final stage, could struggle because uh, I think they will win against Cork. It's a nothing game then against uh, Dublin for, for probably for both sides. So really, regardless of what happens in that game, throw and lose, throw and win, you're going to make excuses for it. And then you know you're talking about throw maybe going into the semi final and still not knowing a lot about themselves, which is probably the most worrying thing for them. That doesn't worry me in the slightest. Um, <laughs> But you're talk, probably talking about getting to that stage and maybe not really being that sure of themselves, and maybe still, I still think those lingering doubts are there. Uh, that you know, you shut down Pity Hart, you shut down Maddie Donnelly, um, and maybe McShane. Uh, that you know, Tyrone are in real bother. Now I understand that that's that's an ask, yeah. but it's been done before, and uh, it's been done actually on a fairly consistent basis except for they haven't had that the McShane thing but Petey Hart has been you know in the in some of the big games Petey Hart has been completely nullified and that's where uh, Tyrone have started to struggle so I still think we've probably learned not a big pile about them except for they are a resilient crowd you know yeah. and, and they, they do keep bouncing back and I suppose in fairness I mean if you look at the other qualifiers obviously um, Meath were beaten you know Mayo were beaten and what was the last one? Uh, Mayo and Cork, obviously, yeah. So, like, they were the only one of the qualifiers that actually went to the provincial winner. Like, all the rest of them, you could say every, each of the rest of them really, like, Mayo looked flat and dead on their feet. They had no energy. Cork, while they had energy for 60 minutes, they fell off a cliff kind of after that point. Mead, the same. Mead were actually leading Donegal and, and putting up a massive show. But Tyrone still going up to hide, up to the hide, and 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 were able to gut it out. And, and in a tight game, it was only a four-point game in the finish. They still had the quality defensively and and with McShane offensively to to still put that game to bed. And it was that's I, I thought that was a big win for them going up there. And 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 it says a bit about their credentials, I suppose, moving forward. I just think that Morscommon have been disappointing in the Super Eights both last year and and you know in that game this year. I just think that they they seem to get to this stage and then like the, the, they seem to question everything the other day. You know what I mean? Like you can see a lot of time. Uh, there was a there was a, the middle sector of the game when Tyrone really got on top that you know they seemed to be so unsure of themselves and I I haven't seen that actually from Roscommon all year and for me that was I thought that was a really disappointing aspect that I didn't ever felt Roscommon really thought that they could beat Tyrone and and going into the game I I thought they had a phenomenal chance yeah like I suppose out of the games the last day three or Four, the four favourites won that's the reality of it Tyrone yeah. granted they weren't provincial champions but the four favourites won um, like Roscommon again as a car person I was hoping for Roscommon win because that game that group now unfortunately looks like it could go to dead rubbers in the last game especially yeah. in Cork like now that our hurlers are out it'd be great if we had a game in, in Cork a big game in Cork welcome yeah. Roscommon with something to play for unfortunately now 
if things go against us this weekend, like you've two, you. you've two, the lads have two weeks training with Cork where you know they're they're looking towards their club campaign afterwards. Um, the other group looks like it could could be a cracker. So, um, like this is the beauty of Super Eights, and then the the negative of, of group stages is the the possibility of dead rubbers. Um, the Tyrone Dublin game could be could be a nothing game. Then you know you look at the other group and say, would you rather Donny Gall carry or Mayo? It's a toss of a coin possibly. So. Um, yeah, look, it, the, for Roscommon, you forget like Tyrone were, were in finalists last year. You know, they're yeah. Division One team. It's it's a big ass. They're a seasoned team with a very settled management. All that. They're you know they they tick all the boxes there. So Roscommon will will go and you know they'll get beaten by Dublin. They'll look back and say was the year successful or not? They still won Connacht. Uh, they got relegated from Division One. So it's very very hard to make the breakthrough to that, that top four or five teams. Um, but it, it, yeah, I think I think O'Shea was harsh too. You're dead right. There's no problem telling them that was very harsh. What you said about Roscommon. No, I know it might have been harsh, but I still I, st- I do stick by it. We were they were pathetic last year in the, in the Super Eight. But that was their first year in there now, and they were really punching above their weight last. It was year. everybody's first year, so yeah. But <laughs> for for them to get to that stage of the competition. No, I, do, I do, I do, I do accept that, but I still think they're in a different place now this year. You know, the provincial champions now they've won uh, what two provincial champions in the last two provincial championships in the last three, three. four, yeah, three, yeah. Um, so, uh, so like, yeah, so they've arrived. Like, you know, what I mean, they're not yeah. the new kids on the block anymore. Yeah, like yeah. The, the physical and all that there, and we d- I didn't see enough of that the other day. I thought, yeah, so yeah, harsh, harsh but harsh, harsh, harsh but fair. I think the last one, as we obviously was just the Donegal and 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 Mead game that we just touched on. Mead again, I suppose, a little bit like Roscommon gave gave a credible performance of themselves. When I'm very high on Donegal, you're probably a little a little less so, but. Um, what, what did that one tell you? I, like it was a strange one. I was getting the scores through. Obviously, I was in I was in Killarney and and like Meath were leading with was it fifteen minutes to go or, or something like that, and and obviously a little bit like Dublin did to Cork, Donegal put the put the foot to the pedal and, and pushed on and, and blasted them away in the last fifteen. Yeah, and the, I suppose the thought process before that group was that Meath would be the the cannon fodder in that group, and it was great to see it was great to see them put up a show that was only the last 10 minutes obviously as they pulled away so for that group now you're looking Mayo have a challenge to play Mead at the weekend and Kerry will have to go to, to Mead in the last game where you can see Mead put it up to them so uh, Mead can be very very positive about their, their showing um, obviously as I said for, first uh, time into the Super 8s you know a Division 2 team you know they're out of their depth a small bit this year but again it's for them similarly to Cork it's about development you know in the highlights they look fantastic yesterday they looked as though they put up to the Danny Gall. Danny Gall's big players, I suppose, show there in the last 15, 20 minutes. Um, you know, Michael Murphy and uh, McBrearty and, and those lads were, were, were flying it. So, look, we still don't know yet, Danny Gall, where they're at. I mean, up in Bally Buffet is a desperate spot to go to. So, me can be very, very proud of their efforts. Um, Bally Buffet is a lovely spot, man. He's a desperate spot. Lovely. You To play in as opposed to visit. <laughs> That's an important distinction yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what about you and Donegal, that one? Uh, yeah, th- more or less sort of the way I thought it would go. Um, th- a little bit, like a bit of a carbon copy of, of Dubs only on maybe on a on a, on a a slightly uh, smaller scale. At 1-3, one f- one <coughs> I think Donegal got off the bench. Oshin Gallen, real talent. Um, one one yeah yeah O'Donnell um, Owen McHugh so yeah Donegal and still still expect a little bit more on the win by nine points so yeah you know they're they're definitely but Meath and Cork both have the opportunity next weekend to blow both groups apart you know mm-hmm. and and 
whereas we we said that it's difficult for Cork to go to Tyrone, difficult for me, you know, to see Meath beating Mayo and Crow Park, but also not impossible. So there is big opportunities next weekend for both of those teams for me then Cork to blow those groups apart and give us all a an unbelievable final weekend. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and that's that's what you're that's the hope, isn't it really? I mean if if if, if it can be if we can go into the last weekend with something to play for in all of them, that's that's really what you're looking for. Yeah, the reality next week for Cork Saturday night is a knockout game. You lose against yeah. Tyrone and you're done. Um so and the same for for me to Mayo, yeah. whoever loses there is, is done. So I think you're gonna have a savage bite in these games the weekend because it's 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 knockout championship for, for three or four teams. Um you know, like the the group group one with, with Kerry and Mead and Mayo and Donegal is still still wide open. Um, the other group looks as though the, the two favourites are, are, are taking taking a grip of that. Um, looking looking forward, and you're looking at whether the semi final pairings matter or not in terms of jockeying for positions. Uh, is it a case of Group A want to avoid the dubs and win your group? Um, although again, up in Oma, they may not they may not be flat out against Tyrone, but knowing the dubs, they will. So. The Super 8s this year have, have kind of caught fire, I think. You know, last year was a bit yeah. of a damn squib. Uh, certainly the change in putting to the provincial uh, winner's grounds adds to the occasion, adds to the spectacle. You know, it was great to see every ground was, was packed yesterday um, or over the weekend. So there's positives. Park. Uh, uh, yeah, Park Road Park, I suppose. Um, but I suppose, uh, like, this is another year, I think, the Super 8s. Um, this year certainly will, will make me think, yeah, this this has a future, but this whole thing could be scrapped in, at the end of this year and, and the format could be changed. So um, just it, it, it's, in, it's good to see the top teams play good football yeah. uh, in, in the height of the summer. It's worked. The first weekend worked and, and, and it's, been, it's been a positive weekend for football and hopefully for the next two weeks we'll get something similar and, and it'll, it'll keep progressing the way it'll go. Um, but we're going to wrap it up, lads. So... Again, I just want to thank Oshin McConville and, and Paddy Kelly for their time and coming in and thank you for listening. And as always, you can, you can tune into iTunes or SoundCloud or irishexaminer.com forward slash podcast. And as always, more than welcome to leave a rating or a review. Oshin always loves reading those <laughs> and his time off, okay? Thanks a million. Thanks for listening. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. 